It is June, and I'm in Kentucky, so it's humid. Sweat creeps out from the leather sweatband, lining the inside of my Kevlar helmet, and blazes a wet trail along my cheek. I'm grateful when it avoids my eye. Sweat mixed with camo face paint stings like nothing else. And if the instructors in their black shirts catch me rubbing my eyes, I'll push until the helicopters arrive. All around me, the other students stand in an anxious parade rest. The only sounds we hear are the wind, the occasional whine of a mosquito eager for a midday snack. That, and a steady cadence provided by the one of our number caught swatting at a mosquito. A black shirt hovers over him now, one eye kept training in our formation to spot additional volunteers. 26 air assault! 27 air assault! The cadence halts for a moment until the silence summons the black shirt's undivided attention. But just as our unlucky comrade starts back up, a new sound begins to fill the air. Not too high, not too low, just a steady drone, building in tempo and energy until the afternoon air is electrified. Whoa! Our squad leader takes his cue from the black shirts and steps out to face us. Hank, We snap two as one, and then, When I turn alongside the rest of my squad, I can't contain the grin forming on my lips. Moving through the air, the UH-60 Blackhawks hover for a moment before settling to the earth in a jerky, resistant motion, as if unwilling to be anywhere but aloft. I inhale deeply and then force the air through my lips while I shudder with excitement. Today is repel day. Today, I go up. Hey, welcome to Vaguely Relevant. I'm Terezi Toka. And I'm Adam Thompson. And these are Stories for a Cause. So today, instead of telling our own stories, uh, we're honored to have Patrick Kaufman, who is an award-winning author, as a guest to come on and tell three stories about his time in the military. So this is, this is part one, Air Patrol. We get two repels at the end of air assault school. One they call a Hollywood. No gear, no weapon, nothing but you, gloves, goggles, and Kevlar. Slime down a rope as the Blackhawk hovers 90 feet in the air. The combat drop is the bread and butter, the meat and potatoes for graduating this course. You repel wearing full gear along with your ruck and an M16 replica made of rubber, or as otherwise it's called, the rubber duck. After passing three training phases and a couple of practical exams, all that remain of the 10 toughest days in the Army are these two drops. In less than 24 hours, I'll be singing Rendezvous with Destiny along with the rest of my squad, as long as I don't possum. Repelling out of a helicopter hovering 90 feet in the air is a serious business, and just this side of deadly if you're careless. More perilous than the risk to life and limb is the danger of earning a safety drop that can take you all the way down to day zero. To possum, or to lose your footing on the edge of the helicopter and slide beneath the belly, is to invite such peril. The black shirts cheerily assure us that anyone may safely hang from this position as long as their brake hand holds them in place. Relax that hand even just a little before receiving the black shirt okay 
and your controlled descent to the ground will be a metaphor for your air assault prospects. So don't pause them. Before I know it, we were broken down into pairs, one soldier on rappel, the other on belay, and sorted into chalks for a turn of the bird. When we line up in the rope and watch the first chalk get in, then the rest of us take a knee, and I reach up to right my Kevlar because a stupid thing can never just stay on straight. In doing so, I almost miss watching the birds lift off, all four, all at once. It is, in a word, glorious. Also windy. My internal soundtrack is blasting Sousa, Key, and Foo Fighters to all four walls on the rooftop of my brain, and a grin briefly wrinkles across my face before I reach down and grab the rope. It is all business now, and we all work to hold the rope steady from the frenzied air whipping around us. Up go the birds, and then a few minutes later, down come the soldiers. Our shouted, Ambelay! is lost to the wind, but the black shirts supervising us give a thumbs up to their partners in the sky and one by one the soldiers repel their way to the ground. When the last of them have come down, we release the ropes and get out of the way before the birds return. I line up on my chalk and then eagerly board the bird. My first repel goes so quickly, so vibrantly, that I can recall only the feeling of air rushing past my face and the slick feel of the deck beneath my boots. The thrill electrifies me when I lean back into an L shape, and with the black shirt's approval, I push away. Break hand relaxed and make it to the ground in three easy bounds. A textbook Hollywood repel. Aerosol! I cry when my feet hit the ground. Aerosol! The black shirt nods approvingly before gesturing me back with the others. I run through intermittent gusts of wind to join the others in my squad who are already gone. The grins make them easy to find. The next hour passes quickly and then the birds land for a while and we march back to retrieve our gear. After a quick foot march down the road and back, we line back up again, and this time it is my turn to go up first. I tug at my ruck and grasp my rubber duck tight, and then I join the other three air assaults boarding the bird. Hurl down! Crew chief admonishes us, and as one, we upend our rubber ducks and mitigate the risk of imaginary bullets ripping through the overhead avionics. I shift to my seat and adjust my shoulder strap, leaning forward under the burden of a full ruck. My discomfort vanishes as the bird abruptly lifts up, and I crane my head to watch the ground fall away. Ninety feet or so up, and the black shirt in the middle gives the signal. Stand up! We shakily come to our feet, our stance a little less certain now that we are airborne. I look and catch a glimpse of the crew chief smirking, but then the black shirt motions to us and our attention shifts to the rope. Hook up, he shouts. I reach down and hook my carabine to the rope. A difficult prospect standing on two wobbly feet and a shuddering bird on the weight of my ruck. But I get it on after a few tries and look back up. Hey now! The next order gets me turned around and I wrap my left hand around the rope a few feet from where it is secured the helicopter's floor plate. My right hand stretches back around my rucksack and feels where the rope continues on past me. I find it and hold on tight as I slowly step the open door and lean my backside out into the wind. My earplugs dampen the roar of the air around me and I wait for the black shirt's pleasure. He points to the soldier across me who promptly falls away. We wait while the wind pulls at me and my toes twitch eagerly. My right hand begins to ache. We wait until the black shirt nods to himself, points to the soldier next to me and gestures. 
I barely hear him. I go, and the soldier drops from view. I take a breath and relax my legs just a little. I'm next. So Patrick, you're standing on a helicopter about to jump out. And so what did it what did it look like when you were standing there and about to repel? It was definitely hot, like I said. <clears throat> um, the sun was shining. Um, Kentucky is a very beautiful countryside. There were trees everywhere, little hills rolling around. Pressure in the air was building around the, you know, the interior compartment. And the crew chief's kind of watching us with a very bored expression on his face. The pilots are just sitting there. This is training for them. And, uh, but for I, you, you're probably exhilarated and your heart's probably beating my really pump, fast. My, my heart is racing. You know, I'm breathing really fast. I'm just ready to go and I'm just holding on. And I'm just ready to just jump back and, and, and get down there. Three bounds and I'm down. I slip suddenly and unexpectedly and my feet lose their grip on the deck. A shock braces through my body and my brake hand goes rigid behind the ruck, keeping me from falling down the line. Unfortunately, it does not help me regain my grip on the helicopter's surface, and I find myself sliding back, back, and down, until I'm beneath the bird, standing upside down with my feet planted to its belly. A flurry of swear words flows through my head and out my mouth and away into the roiling air. In a more contemplative moment, I might be able to enjoy the West Kentucky countryside that spreads out below, or rather above me. As matters stand, though, my appreciation of the aesthetic has vanished in a face of cold, hard truth. I did the possum thing. I'm quite screwed. My hands begin to ache, the left gripping the rope in front of me, and the right clenched tightly behind my back, struggling to hold steady until the black shirt gives me an all-clear. I get that, and I can make my repel. I get that, and I'm down, free, and getting my wings tomorrow. So I hold tight. I'm so intent on keeping my brake hand locked firmly in place that I do not see the remaining air salts complete their repels. My Kevlar slips down over my eyes, and I toss my head to clear my vision. When I look up, I see the black shirt, leaning out of the side and staring at me. I grin wide as the Ohio River plastered to his face. He raises his hands. I tense my muscles, ready to go. I'm so close. I'm going to make it. As soon as he drops that hand, I'm gone. He doesn't drop the hand. Instead, he waits and stares at me, that grin winding into a laugh that rivals even the most dastardly of supervillains. I stare back at him, somewhat less amused, and I wait. A couple of seconds pass, and then a couple more, and I watch him laugh while my brake hand aches. It aches so badly, and the wind is ripping around me and tugging at my ruck, and the time begins to stretch longer and longer seconds until it feels like hours have passed. The hand drops. Relief floods through me, and then I drop, looking up the black shirt's laughing face as it shrinks away from me. I cuss him out the entire way down. The black shirt, the excessively slippery deck of the Black Hawk, the picturesque Kentucky countryside, all of it. Friggin' air salt. We'll be right back.
So because you did wait um, and you held your hands, you were able to get your wings, right? I did earn my air assault wings. I'm, I'm a proud member of the uh, 101st Air Assault uh, you know, Division. Perfect. Okay, awesome. Thank you so much, Patrick, for coming on and telling your story. Now um, you will get to spin our super, <laughs> super ghetto <laughs> um, charity wheel. And so what we got is we got different amounts of money to different charities, um, including the Sierra Club, the International Rescue Community, and the Sunrise Movement. And uh, all donations will be matched by the Mom and Dad Foundation. So thanks, Mom and Dad. <laughs> all right, go ahead and spin when you're ready. All right, Adam, I'm going to just want to say that my experience in the military has definitely prepared me for this moment. And spin. It says spin again. And it says times two. Yeah, so, so you got to uh, spin again times two, which means whatever you get, we're going to double it. And then that will also be matched by my parents. So. With Patrick's story, we were able to raise $30 for the Sierra Club. If you're also interested in telling a story for a cause, you can reach me and Adam through the Vaguely Relevant website, which will be linked in the description below. Thanks for listening. Hey guys, just last couple things. Big thank you again to Patrick Kaufman for coming on and telling your story. The other thing is um, big thank you to Fingal. That last interlude song is called PDX. It's by him. Um, you can find PDX and all the rest of his music on his SoundCloud, which will be linked in the description below. And last thing is we'll be back with another Patrick episode on the 26th of August. So check it out then. All right. Thanks. See you.